Once again, CIAC Cast fans, welcome back to another edition of the CIAC Cast. I am Joel Cookson, and I thank you very much for being with us. And uh, as usual, I promised that I would stick to a regular broadcast podcasting schedule, and I failed. So we've uh, we've been on a hiatus uh, throughout mo- basically all of uh, of January and now most of February. But we are back because it is CIAC Winter Championship time. So we had to fire up the old uh, recording devices here in the CIAC offices and get back to our regularly, uh, at least try and get back to our regular podcasting schedule. Uh, We will return, uh, hopefully, and stick to our every other week schedule here as we move through the remainder of the Winter Championships, but we're going to uh, be talking a lot of Winter Championships on today's edition of the CIAC cast. We've got two guests for you. First of all, uh, coming up and leading off for us will be Jerry DeSimus Jr., who does a wonderful job covering uh, high school wrestling in a variety of platforms across the state. Jerry's going to talk to us about the Divisional Championships, which took place uh, last weekend and provided a couple of uh, historic uh, results for us, and Jerry will get into that. And uh, and also we'll look ahead to this weekend's State Open, which will be uh, getting underway at the Floyd Little Athletic Center in New Haven uh, in just a few hours. Uh, Friday competition will uh, begin at the State Open. So Jerry's going to break that down for us, and then we're joined by uh, another old friend, Scott Erickson of Game Time CT, the Stanford Advocate, all of the those great Hearst uh, outlets. And Scott uh, is deep into the world of uh, girls' high school basketball this year. The pairings have come out for the girls' high school basketball tournaments. Scott's going to help us break those down and, and take a look at some of the things we can look for over the next few weeks heading to the CIAC Girls Basketball Championships, which will, of course, be at Mohegan Sun uh, about halfway through March. So we uh, we look forward to conversations with both those gentlemen, and we'll uh, I'll try to uh, to keep my little spiel here not too uh, not too in depth. Uh, just a couple quick notes, as always. If you're listening to the podcast and you enjoy it, we hope you will uh, subscribe. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us in Google Play. Uh, we are also on Stitcher. Uh, so please, if you uh, listen to us on iTunes, please rate us and leave us a review as well. That would be helpful. But I uh, would love it if you would subscribe to the uh, the CIC Cast. Good conversations with good folks around the state of Connecticut about the world of high school athletics. So hope you'll check that out. Uh, of course, CIACsports.com is your resource for CIAC information. And this time of year, tournamentcentral.ciacsports.com is a wonderful resource. You can get just about everything you can possibly want uh, in terms of information about CIAC tournaments. We've got rankings. We've got pairings. That's where all the pairings will be released. We've got results for our, our championships that have already concluded, such as indoor track and field. And as I said, the uh, the divisional wrestling championships, uh, you can look at a, a day-by-day schedule and see what games are going to be where. If you want to uh, try and pick a few games off your list, we've got tournament rosters, uh, histories, uh, links to buy tickets, links to buy championship merchandise, um, links to broadcasts, anything you could possibly want, you can find there at Tournament Central. Uh, links to uh, sign up for text or email alerts uh, for tournament information. Uh, once again, just about everything you could possibly want to, uh, to stay involved in. Whatever your sport you want to cover, whatever sport you're interested in, whatever team you're interested in, you can get uh, information about it there at Tournament Central. So please uh, bookmark that page. You're going to want it this time of year as we roll through the championships. Of course, you can also follow the CIC on Twitter, at CIAC Sports. Instagram, at CIAC Sports. Going to be trying to do some more things on our uh, Instagram page. Check us out on Twitter as well, uh, or, t- or excuse me, on YouTube. Where our YouTube page has been getting a, a little more robust over the past few weeks. 
uh, and that is uh, youtube.com slash castciac, C-A-S-C-I-A-C. Uh, check us out there as well. Lots of good stuff. Uh, we've got a new uh, staff person on here at the uh, the CIC offices who's doing a wonderful job putting together video packages. Uh, he's producing a little uh, series that's going to go behind the scenes of a variety of CIC tournaments uh, going all the way to championships, so you're going to want to check that out as well. Uh, also on Facebook, facebook.com slash CIAC sports. So just about anything you could possibly want for uh, the CIC. follow us on our social media platforms. Uh, that's... Uh, just about everything I can think of here. Well, let's uh, let's we want to get right to our conversations. Uh, first, we do want to quickly run through things you might have missed on CIACsports.com. I know I say this a lot, but we've had some great uh, additions of Linked Up uh, the past few weeks, including the one I posted just this morning. Uh, some wonderful stories in this one I posted this story uh, this morning. Lots of stories about uh, sort of unified sports-related uh, items. Some uh, incredible stories uh, about uh, individuals and coaches overcoming adversities. A story about a, uh, a high school football. coach coach uh, not in Connecticut but elsewhere in the country uh, who's uh, who's really overcome the odds and uh, that I think will leave you a little bit inspired so please check out all of that good stuff um, on CIACsports.com we've also uh, information about a basketball coaching clinic that uh, CIAC is running in conjunction with the uh, basketball championships at Mohegan Sun that's a first for us Uh, we've got a link up to all of the uh, great my reason why promotions that uh, we've run with some of Connecticut student athletes Uh, check that out as well so lots of good things there on CIACsports.com hope you'll check out all of them and uh, with all of that, let's get to our guest this week. As I said, winter uh, championships are off and running. We, we do plan on talking a little track and field at some point on the, uh, the CIC cast, but uh, haven't been able to lock down a guest uh, in terms of scheduling. But the wrestling divisional championships are another championship that are in the books. And uh, the state open is coming up and no better person to talk to about those things than Jerry DeSimus Jr. And uh, we're going to do that right now. The Connecticut uh, Divisional Wrestling Championships took place this past weekend, and with that in the rearview mirror and the state open coming up, no better time than to reach out to Jerry DeSimus Jr., who does uh, a wonderful job covering wrestling and all kinds of high school sports uh, for his various outlets. You should uh, should absolutely check out ctwrestling.com, which is the uh, the site that he uh, he authors is a, a wonderful resource. Also, check out his stuff at the uh, the Collinsville Press and uh, and did a championship story for the Waterbury Republican American over the weekend so jerry's a busy man and we uh, appreciate you joining us sir how you doing joel Th- thanks for taking the time to talk very happy to talk with you and uh, and talk a little bit of wrestling which is not a sport we uh, we hit all that often here on the ciac cast but one that we certainly want to give its uh its championship due here as uh, this is kind of the the peak time of year so we had the four wrestling championships uh over the weekend uh um so just uh, i guess kind of start off and ask you um what jumped out at you as sort of the big storylines coming out of uh, the divisional championship weekend jerry well the thing that uh gathered my attention was some of the competitiveness of these meets and how close they were. Yeah. And I'm going to start in Class L, where uh, for the second time in the last two years, Bristol Eastern won a state championship by a point or less. Yeah. So two years ago, they won their uh, state title. They beat New Milford by a point. They did it a little better this past Saturday. They beat Simsbury by a half a point. Yeah. It's only the second time in state history that it, it that has happened. Um, so, you know, when a team loses or wins by half a point, 
you can look back at the tournament and you can look back at a variety of matches and say, well, if this one turned here or if that we could have won or lost. Um, I think sometimes for the coaches that and the teams that lose, it can be a hard week sure. to go back to the mat because there's just so many, you know, it can be one match, it can be one turn, you know, you reverse one match and the, and the result is different. So, yeah. Uh, a tremendously competitive meet in Class L with Bristol uh, Easton with a half-point win over Simsbury, and Xavier was right there, too, with uh, 194, only 10 points off the pace, and Milltown was just behind it, behind the four top 10 teams in that uh, meet. So it was a, a very competitive meet there. Um, good stuff. Yeah, no, that certainly uh, certainly got the attention. Any other, uh, I, I know there were a few others that were uh, highly competitive. What else kind of uh, caught your eye? Well, over in Class S, uh, Gilbert won its first ever state championship in wrestling. They beat Monaco by uh, three and a half points. That's the second uh, closest meet in Class S history. And again, the same type of thing. One or two matches here and there uh, made the difference. Um, you know, Gilbert and Monaco. The way they ran the wrestling championship this year is uh, at the end of the day, they had the finals on the center mat, and then you had your consolation finals for third place on your left, and on your right you had the fifth place uh, medal round uh, match. Mm-hmm. So you had three mats going at once. So it was a little hectic back of it, but in the end you, you had Gilbert and Monsell three times on that mat going head-to-head. Oh, wow. And I think won two of those three. There's your uh, three and a half point difference in uh, a championship for the Yellow Jackets. Yeah, and uh, looked like a little bit, sort of uh, more of the same up in Double L with Danbury continuing its uh, you know sort of dominance of that division, or at least uh, you know its usual dominance of that division. But what kind of uh, stuck out to you from the the Double L championship? You know, Danbury is always a interesting program uh, to watch. They they have such depth across the board, and that's really what carried them. Here at the class uh, double L championship, you know they won for the fourth year in a row. They beat Trumbull by uh, almost 40 points. Danbury had 11 people that won a medal. They finished in the top six of their weight class. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's tremendous depth across the board. I mean, they have some of their uh, stud wrestlers. You know, one of their wrestlers, uh, Ryan uh, Ryan Jack. He's a junior. He's ranked number four in the country at 126 pounds. Mm-hmm. Tremendous wrestler, but they also have people across the board. But then Danbury, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Fumble, who finished second, they had 10 medalists. And Southington, who finished third, had eight. So there's some uh, good wrestling in that meet, but uh, it, it's hard to beat Danbury, and, and it's hard to get past that depth. No question about it. Uh, what about in Class M? I know there was uh, some interesting stories uh, emerging there as well as uh, as Killingly came away with the championship. What kind of caught your uh, caught your attention with what went on at uh, at Foreign over the weekend? Killingly's an uh, interesting program. They you know they've done a nice job and and in some ways they snuck under the radar this year. Um, you know we we conduct the top ten poll here at Connecticut Wrestling Online and they really didn't get into the poll until near the end of the year. But mm-hmm. they finished very strong. They won the ECC championship, and they did a nice job out of the Class 70. The uh, most interesting thing, though, about that was uh, that Killingly had four individual state champions, 
three of them are brothers. Yeah. Which has never happened before. You know, we've had, here in the state of Connecticut, we've had uh, 15 pairs of brothers win a state title or a state open title or even a New England championship on the same day. Never all three or never have three brothers done that at the same time. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was pretty neat to see. Yeah, no question about it. Not uh, and on the dad's birthday as well. To uh, to just to throw it in for good measure. But saw that uh, that question posed uh, online whether that had happened before. And of course, uh, Jerry DeSimus knows the answer. He's uh, he's got all these uh, all these things at his fingertips. So any kind of individual performances, maybe that either surprised you um, or or you know that really impressed you uh, from what you saw, what you read, what you covered uh, in those divisional championships uh, this past weekend. Uh, in terms of individual stuff, I mean, uh, you know, I'm gonna I'll go back to the start with Danbury. You know, there's Ryan Jack, who I just talked about, ranked number four in the country. He won his third straight uh, Class L title. Kyle Fields, his teammate, also won his third straight, and that's a pretty unique uh, thing to do is to win three straight championships. Bristol Eastern's Brian, I'm sorry, Bristol Eastern's Trinidad Gonzalez won his third title. And uh, Berlin's Dan Vilas won his third. But the uh, most interesting uh, individual accomplishment, Sean Johnson of Ellis Tech, he won his fourth straight uh, Class M title. And uh, it's only been done, I think, uh, 11 times in state history since we, they started uh, the divisional meets back in 1976. Right. To win a state title as a freshman is one thing. Uh, there's several guys that have been to four finals, but sometimes somewhere along the line, sometimes they might mess up, you know, lose a final, lose a, a close one. So sure. to get four, it's a pretty impressive season. No question about it. So uh, lots of good stuff that went on uh, around the state, and now the attention turns to uh, the Floyd Little Athletic Center, as it does for a lot of our winter championships, and uh, and the state open taking place on on Friday and Saturday. So obviously, uh, Jerry, we want to uh, get your get your opinion, get your take. What's uh, what are you kind of looking forward to? Is is there any kind of slowing down this uh, this Danbury uh, freight train? What are you uh, what are you, what are you taking into this uh, this open this weekend? What are you looking for? Well, you know, Danbury has a, a tradition there. They have, um, you know, they, they might not win uh, three or four weight classes, but they'll have guys win matches. And really, when you get to the state open, every team has a, doesn't have as many competitors as the others. So it really comes down to, and I know it sounds tremendously simple and silly, winning matches. Yeah. You, you win matches, uh, get a pin if you can, those points will add up. Danbury has the advantage. You know, they have 11 guys uh, at the Open to begin with on Friday. Trumbull has 10. Simsbury, Xavier uh, have 9. Gilbert with uh, 9, too. So it really comes down to uh, winning matches. So I expect Danbury to be up there uh, contending. I'm going to look for Trumbull, uh, Simsbury, and Xavier as well. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, for teams that don't have as many participants at the Open, uh, having guys go through the winner's bracket will be helpful. Like New Canaan will probably finish, uh, in the, I'm sure, in the top ten because they have two tremendous wrestlers, uh, Justin Mastrioni, who is an All-American uh, as a freshman at the high school nationals, and Tyler Sung at 145 pounds. Uh, those are just two tremendous wrestlers. I don't know if the Rams have much more than that, 
but those two guys will uh, pick up some points. Sure. Uh, in the meet. Yeah. What about uh, any kind of particular, and obviously uh, you, you expect at a state open and uh, a state championship level, uh, you know, there's going to be very highly competitive matches all over the place, but any particular weight classes that you really are uh, are keying in on where you're expecting kind of, uh, you know, some, some real tough clashes uh, at the open this weekend? You know, almost every weight class has uh, some good stuff, but you want one <laughs> Well, I'm well gonna, I'm gonna if there isn't one, Jerry, don't worry about it. But I, you know, I just thought. Oh, that no, there, there are there are some great matches. I mean, you could I could go through uh, the CIC seating chart that is conveniently on the CIC site, so you can see the top 24 seeds there. You know, but one of the ones I'll be most interested to see is uh, you know Danbury's Ryan Jack is you know what I said is number four in the country. But I was watching Angelo Foligno of Northwestern Regional. He won his second straight class There's championship the other day. Mm-hmm. He's the number two seed. I'll be interested to see if, if he can get there and, and what he might be able to do um, against uh, Ryan. But, you know, there'll be some great matches throughout. You know, 138 pounds, uh, Justin Mastriani, as I was just talking about, from New Canaan, um, and Sean Johnson of LA Tech. You know, they're the top two seeds in that class. So that uh, looks look like a good one. 145 uh, Tyler Song of New Canaan and Dan Velas of Berlin as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, there's, there's, some, there's some good wrestling all the way. 160 pounds, Michael Andrews of Holland and, and, jo- and Joshua Schwartz of Northwestern are the top two seeds. And, you know, one of the things that sometimes people overlook, you know, Michael Andrews of Holland, you know, we call them a one-man team. I mean, they're really not. Um, they are training with other schools. Sure. Their school doesn't have a an official program, so they'll train with a Southwind or someone else. And uh, some of the for those folks to get to this point is uh, is an achievement for anyone. Yeah. But I'm especially proud of those guys because they don't have the full support uh, from that other guys do. I mean, I think our Michael is training with the team in South Windsor, and I know his South Windsor uh, people that he practices with are supportive. But, you know, sort of not the same as having the kids from your own school. So that's an impressive performance by uh, Michael. And he'll be one of the top seeds as well. 182 pounds, Jacob Commander of New London. Uh, Carson LaCastri of Joel Barlow. That uh, ought to be a nice match. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Trinidad Gonzalez of Bristol Olsen to see if he can win a championship. Um, he'll be... Uh, one of the guys, contenders in his weight class, yeah. you know, Chris Jens of Avon, he's a, a football player that uh, I was watching some of the Avon high football team this year. So it's interesting to see some of those uh, football players in the transition that they make from the field to wrestling. No and, question. Uh, it's kind of- well, Jerry, uh, we greatly appreciate it. Uh, you you do a wonderful job. Uh, always uh, great to see people uh, so uh, passionate about a sport that they uh, they kind of uh, work on it independently a little bit. And uh, and and as I said, ctwrestling.com is a in an, a remarkable resource. You do a wonderful job with it. And uh, looking forward to uh, to seeing how things shake out at uh, at Floyd Little this weekend. We know you will. Uh, be providing wonderful coverage of it. So thanks very much for, for checking in with us and talking a little bit about uh, what's happened so far and what might happen, and uh, enjoy the week uh, the meet this weekend. We greatly appreciate it. It'll be, it'll be a good time. It'll be great to see uh, who gets to the New England Championships next week. So it, uh, I'm uh, look forward to a lot of fun. All right. New thanks, Jerry. Appreciate it. Thank you, Joel.
Thanks so much to Jerry. As I said, uh, love guys uh, and individuals. I shouldn't say guys. It could be guys. Uh, it could be men or women that uh, just commit themselves to covering something, whether they do it uh, independent of their uh, their publication or, or not. And Jerry is that guy when it comes to uh, high school wrestling in Connecticut. He's got a passion for it. He knows it better than just about anybody and, and writes uh, and provides so much coverage uh, for the sport. So check out all of his outlets, please. Uh, he does a wonderful job. And uh, and if you see him at the, uh, the Wrestling State Open, say thank you for, uh, for all the good work he does we would appreciate that as well so jerry DeSimus jr wonderful job uh previewing this weekend state open and looking back at some big results uh from the divisional championships we change gears now as i said the girls basketball tournament pairings were released on wednesday we're looking forward to uh exciting competition as things are going to get started uh in the next few days and uh to help us get a grip on what are some of the things that fans can look forward to as those tournaments progress we got on the phone with our friend Scott Erickson to uh, talk little girls high school basketball. Always happy to get on the phone with Scott Erickson of uh, of Hearst and the Stanford Advocate, and he uh, he has dove into the world of uh, of girls high school basketball this year, and uh, and so for that we uh, we wanted to reach out to him as it was uh, pairings day here at the CIC office on Wednesday, and he's had now a couple days to digest everything, so he's going to kind of give us some of his impressions as the girls basketball tournament uh, gets ready to go. Scott, as always, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Joel, and thanks you, thank you guys for putting the brackets out on Wednesday. It gave me more time to work on it than just cramming it all in on a, on a Friday. Sometimes those come out Friday morning, but Wednesday was, was beautiful. You're very welcome. We, uh, we, we <laughs> like doing it that way, get, it, get everything out in and, and get it rolling. And, uh, we, we know our officials assigners appreciate having a few days of girls' tournament games in before the boys start so they can, uh, can, can get yeah, it's the, nice for the girls. officials yeah, get out there. Yeah, they get uh, a, couple days, uh, a couple days of tournament action to themselves. And, uh, and so let's dive in here. As I said, the, the pairings came out on, uh, on Wednesday. You've had a few days to look at them. What are some of the, you know, before we maybe go specific division by division, what are some of the, you know, maybe big picture takeaways just as you look at, uh, at the pairings and, and how things may shake out on the road to uh, Mohegan Sun? You know, it's a lot of the same top seeds that you see all the time with, with Canton. And, uh, you know, I know Norwalk, it's been a while, but they're back in there. New London's a high seed again. Um, you know, Mercy's a nine, but they're still up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of the same, the usual suspects, as they say, uh, coming through the ranks. Um, but I think every class really has some good matchups as you look into it. I mean, Double L is, is always loaded, and yeah. this year is especially good um, and especially wide open. You know, I, Norwalk is undefeated. You know, New London was new, undefeated last year when they came in and they lost in the quarters, but. I really feel like among those top teams in Double L, there's not much between them. I feel the same way in L. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, I don't see any divisions where you just look at it and say, okay, the, this team's going to roll through here and win this. Um, even when you get into the lower classes and there's you know the public-private school thing, which everyone will bring up, um, you know, it's just you're not saying, okay, that the, these two private schools are easily going to win S or anything like that because right. Canton's really good. So. Yeah. Are you can tell Canton or Cromwell or one of those schools that they're not as good as those teams. It's just not true. And on the girls' side, really, you haven't seen it as much. I mean, there's only been, I think, one private school, Mercy, who won a title the last two years. Mm-hmm. So I think it's still a, you know, a pretty fair balance on the girls' side as I went through it. And um, I'm really excited because, I, I, like I said, I've been doing girls' basketball all season. For, so for now, for it to be the state tournament, this is kind of what I've been working up towards um, and since Wednesday, I've been just writing and writing uh, all kinds of different things that we're going to have on game time uh, for the girls' tournament specifically. So 
I'm really looking forward to Monday and, and getting to, to see the games finally. So let's uh, dive in here to some of these pairings, uh, some of the divisions specifically. Let's start, uh, you mentioned Cat Class S and, and Canton as the number one seed, so let's start there. Uh, what what kind of uh, are you looking at in that Class S tournament? Who are some of the teams to watch? And uh, and certainly we're not in the prediction business necessarily, but just you know, how do you kind of uh, imagine maybe things playing out there in Class S? Uh, you know, yeah, Canton is uh, no stranger to Mohegan Sun. They they won Class S in 2016 and 17. They're always in the mix. Um, Coggenshaw won last year. They're back in here. You know, they're a lower seed. They're 13. They lost some kids, but they're always going to be dangerous. I think once you've – if you have any kids back who have had that experience of going to Mohegan Sun, it just kind of makes the whole state tournament – I think there's a little less pressure on you to, to perform. So, you know, Coggenshaw's the team – not that I can – I'm saying they're going to win or anything, but – uh, a team to watch. Um, SMSA, who was the runner-up in that class last year and kind of gets overlooked because of their conference, um, they're the number five seed there. They're certainly a team that's capable of making a run. And then I think the story really is that um, you have Mike Walsh, who has coached uh, you know in 14 boys' state championship games and, and won seven. Mm-hmm. He's leading number seven Trinity Catholic into this tournament uh, for the first time. He, he took over. For those who don't know, their coach resigned at the end of December uh, as the season was already going, and, and Mike stepped in and took over, and they were in the FCAC final last night, and now they're uh, a very dangerous team in Class S. Uh, they just have certain players like Ian Lopes that are really hard to match up with, and I wouldn't think that these teams from the Berkshire League and the Shoreline have seen a lot of players like her. She's six three, really athletic. Um, but I, I like the tournament overall. And St. Paul, let's not forget about St. Paul out of the NBL. Um, you know, they're a really good team. Um, and East Hampton, too, played really well out of Shoreline this year. So Class S has some uh, some good teams and some questions. And, you know, no one that you would really say is going to run away with this thing. But um, I think once you get to the quarterfinals in Class S, you're looking at some really, really strong matchups, potential matchups sure. if, if the seeds hold. Yeah. Nope, and that's always uh, always a uh, not a given either. The uh, the seeds holding, we'll have to see how uh, how things uh, progress there. So let's work our way up here in in uh, in size onto uh, to class M, which uh, uh, I'll drop a little trivia here since I'm not sure how many people uh, read my article. I did a story uh, uh, last week about parity in the girls uh, track and field state open, uh, and the only uh, division of any CISC tournament that's had even close to the amount of parity that. That, that that tournament has seen is the girls class M, which I believe in basketball has had nine different champions in the last 10 years. So uh, w- with that caveat, uh, what do you see uh, looking at class M and, and seeing how things might break down there? Class M is so fascinating for that reason. One, I, as I went through that, I was noticing that two different champions every year. Some of that's because the teams do move up, sure. you know, yep. like East Haven's out of there now mm-hmm. up in L. Um, but, there's nine conferences that are represented in the Class M field this year, and the FCI is not one of them. Right. <laughs> but every other conference is, is represented in that bracket. It's, it's a really diverse bracket, um, and teams from all over the place. It's also the bracket I feel like has the most potential to kind of be flipped around uh, with some lower seeds coming through, because this is where you get some lower seeds uh, like Sheehan out of the SEC, like Bethel out of the SWC, who have played really, really strong competition all year, right. have played a lot of double L schools all year, mm-hmm. and done pretty well against them. And then they come into this tournament as a lower seed. I, I really like those two teams. Um, and Berlin, too, out of the CCC, when, when I started looking at Berlin's schedule, they only had a couple of close losses to you know all-quality opponents. 
and you look at, at, at how the bracket kind of breaks down for them, and uh, they're certainly a team I think could make a run uh, who no one's talked about all year. Uh, and then Cromwell, the number two seed, um, I really like them. Uh, they're just such a good team out of the shoreline. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm interested to see how, how Northwestern does. You know, coming out of the Berkshires, um, they haven't been in the state championship game since 2003. Uh, they haven't won a title since 1990. They've been the number one seed a few times. Um, but it's inter- it'd be interesting to see if they can make a little run this year and, and get to the semis or, or maybe even to the finals, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's always interesting when you have, as you said, you know, the sort of you get the, the, the teams that maybe have the high seeds uh, who have dominated maybe smaller leagues and then, the you know, some of those lower seeds uh, that have played in, in maybe a little more rigorous competition and, and see who's, uh, who's, who's kind of for real and, and who's going to go through. So uh, we'll keep our eye right. on. Right, and, and Colby's in there too, the number three seed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've, they're a team that's traditionally been very good in the state tournament. You know, it's been, I think their last title was 2000. 10 or 11, somewhere around there. So it's been a little while, but um, they have a tough draw because they're on the same side of the, of the draw as Bacon and Bethel, Bacon Academy and Bethel, so it's not going to be easy. But I, I like Class M, too. I mean, but Class M really is, is the bracket I think is going to get um, kind of blown up, and you'll see some double-digit seeds, uh, one or two of them in the semis. Gotcha. All right. Well, we'll keep our eye on that. And then moving on to uh, to Class L, you alluded to uh, last year's M champion. Uh, East Haven is now up in Class L, which will certainly, uh, I'm sure, add to some of the storylines here. But uh, also have your defending champion in Ram, who's uh, historically uh, been a strong program and, and lots of good teams in here. So what are you seeing uh, in, in terms of the Class L pairings, Scott? Yeah, only bracket with two defending state champions in it, with Ram and, and East Haven. Um, uh, Ram and Ram opens against Hand, who they played in the semifinals last season uh, on their way to the championship. So, I mean, that's a, a lower seed, a 14-19 matchup, but this happened that they were both semifinals last year. Yeah, and Hand, who was um, the, the winner in L the previous year, so you get uh, that's right. the, the last two champions. <laughs> they champions all over the place in, in, this, in this bracket. Yeah. Um, I really like East Haven a lot. Um, I'm not sure. I haven't gone. You know, I, I don't. I don't know if I'm going to pick them. But Mackenzie Helms, to me, is if not the best, then she's one of the top two players in the state. Uh, she really does it all. If you have a chance to go see East Haven play during this tournament, I suggest you do. Uh, she's going to the University of Nebraska. She just she can do it all. She can handle the ball. She can shoot. She can pass. You know, plays defense. Um, and a really nice kid from the times that I've that I've spoken to her. Um, Windsor didn't lose to a – they're the two-seed here. Uh, they didn't lose to an in-state opponent all season. They lost uh, to E.O. Smith in the CCC tournament, but during the regular season they didn't lose any games in-state. Their only loss was to a team from from New York. Um, the one team that I would look at in the bottom of the bracket that I think can make some noise is uh, is Pomparag at number six. Uh, I think the SWC was a really good league this year, uh, and Pomparag played those – those top teams, plus early in the year they played a bunch of teams from outside their conference. Um, and then I like East Lyme, too, because uh, they have Megan Bauman. Uh, I don't know if you, if you guys have had a chance to see her, but she's going to leave East Lyme as their all-time leading scorer, all-time leader in three-pointers, all-time leader in assists, um, awesome player. And I think that uh, when you have a, a really standout superstar player like that in these state tournaments, especially when they're seniors, sure. They can make some noise, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see East Lyme win, win a couple games with Megan. Um, and another another girl that you should try to go out and, and see when you can. 
Mm, absolutely. So we look forward to, as you say, kind of uh, the only one with two defending, uh, two repeating uh, champions and, uh, and a lot of other intriguing uh, action there in Class L. So uh, we'll wrap up our uh, divisional looks here. Double L, uh, a lot of schools you're familiar with, as you said, uh, a lot of FCAC schools in this, uh, this double L bracket. But uh, what, do you, uh, what do you see as you take a look here and, and try to figure out how, uh, how Class Double L may play out? There's so many. The FCAC, there's like 11 FCAC teams. I yeah. mean, and there's that FCAC bracket where I think Stanford and Ludlow play, and they got to play the winner of another Stanford. But that's just the way it is when you have so many teams sure. in there. You can't really separate them all. Um, I, I'm so excited for the double L tournament. You know, Norwalk, New London, Trumbull, Hamden. I, I haven't seen much between them this year. I've seen them all play each other um, in one form or another. Norwalk beat New London. Uh, Trumbull beat Hamden, you know, I mean, uh, Hamden beat Trumbull. It, it just, I saw a lot of good games this year uh, with these teams, and I couldn't tell you who's going to win. Newtown's up there as number five. E.O. Smith, who just won the CCC, um, is up there at, at, at the sixth seed. Like, and then Mercy. Like, and Mercy, I put this on Twitter yesterday. I, I, I know you saw it because you commented on it. <laughs> yes, I did. 2004 was the last time they didn't reach the quarterfinals of Double L. That's incredible. Yeah. Incredible, and they've won a few titles there. They've been to a few championship games. So, I mean, someone's going to have to eventually knock Mercy out of this tournament. Um, but easier said than done. Yeah, I, I, I love this Double L tournament. It's really hard to to pick, um, but I, and I have a hard time thinking one of the teams from the lower part of the bracket is going to break through. If there is one, um, I kind of like Wilbur Cross, the 11 seed. Uh, they played really well in the SEC this year. They're loaded with seniors. Whenever you have a, a strong group of seniors, that, that bodes well for tournament time. Mm -hmm. And Wilbur Cross is really tough. They, they play a, you know, an aggressive style of basketball that um, you know, teams who are not in the SEC or the SEAC are not going to be used to. Yeah. So I, I, I like Wilbur Cross a little bit um, in this double L field, too. But like I said, it's going to be really hard to crack those, those top five or six teams. Yeah. Um, and the quarterfinals of this, of this tournament, if everything holds together, uh, should be awesome. Yeah, no, it seems like, uh, you know, I, I uh, certainly am not always uh, into the weeds as much as other folks are with some of this stuff, but it feels like, you know, in the past, we've had maybe two or three teams that you looked at as sort of a tier above, and this year, in the at least in double L with the girls, as you said, it feels like that, uh, you know, that top tier could be five, six, seven teams, maybe, which, as you said, bodes for a, a really exciting kind of later rounds of the tournament if, uh, if everything plays out uh, the way maybe it looks like it will. So we'll. Uh, yeah, I think the last few years we've seen that where where it was you know you, you, the, you look at the bracket and you're like oh, there's Mercy New London Trumbull, unless something goes wrong those three teams will probably be at least in the quarters probably in the semis, and then a few other schools who are just always up there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just seems a little more wide open this year, a little less certainty. I mean, even though Norwalk's the only undefeated team, uh, you know they beat Trumbull by three or four, uh, they beat Trumbull by four, they beat New London by two, so right. not much between them. And yeah. the same thing with Hamden and Trumbull played all close when Hamden played East Haven really close. So I couldn't pick them. I, you know, I have the teams who I, I think are really good, but they all have such strong qualities. They all have good senior players uh, that have some really good underclassmen playing too. Um, I have to say the sophomore class in the FCAC is one of the best class of girls basketball players I've seen. Oh, wow. Uh, and I'm excited to watch them develop. But some of them are playing in this tournament and playing at a high level now, and yeah. you know, including the two girls at Trumbull, uh, Cassie Barbado and, and Allie Palmieri. Yeah. 
Well, we look forward to that. So give me Scott, uh, and as I said, I'm not going to, uh, uh, and and certainly Scott has his own uh, podcast uh, on the uh, the network there for for the Hearst Media and Game Time CT, the Give and Go podcast. So I know uh, he's going to be going in depth in a lot of these and probably making uh, official predictions and all that kind of stuff. We won't make you do that here, but uh, just give me maybe you know if the tournaments progress maybe the way you either think they will or maybe hope they will. What are a couple kind of later round games or matchups that you would really love to see, whether it's, uh, you know, competing styles, contrasting styles, or, or just teams that you really kind of hope uh, end up against each other uh, that maybe fans can keep an eye on as these tournaments progress? I mean, I think, you know, the quarterfinal matchup could be Mercy and Norwalk if, you know, if they both get through. Uh, that's fantastic, and it would be great if Norwalk had to go through the defending champs to get there. I think the second-round matchup of Hamden and Danbury could be very interesting. Danbury's a really tough team, uh, and it would match up well uh, with Hamden. And then moving forward, um, Newtown's in that bracket, too. Uh, and the bottom half of the draw, um, Tr- Trumbull may, you know, may be without Barbado. She, she may not be playing, but whoever comes out of that bottom half, whether it's E.O. Smith, Wilbur Cross or Trumbull, um, then going up against New London, um, I think would be fantastic. Um, if we can get Newington, uh, Newington, New London game in the quarterfinals, uh, that could be a really strong matchup. Uh, Newington's played well out of the CCC. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we swing down to Class L, um, I mean, the second round matchup could be St. Joe, Notre Dame, Fairfield. That's always fun, especially for people in this area. Sure. Um, and, you know, two Catholic schools that are right near each other going at each other. Uh, later in that bracket, if Notre Dame advances uh, and Hillhouse advances, I think that could be uh, a good quarterfinal matchup there. Um, East Haven and Windsor, uh, I'm sorry, East Haven would go up, so it, Windsor would play down. Uh, but if Windsor and East Lime, I think I like East Lime a lot, like I said earlier, so I think if East Lime can get through, and then like a potential matchup with either East Lime and Windsor or Pomperog and L2 is, is really fun and you know M and S is when you you can really take a look at some good matchups down the road because sure. sometimes the early the early rounds aren't fantastic but you know if we can get number eight Berlin and number one Northwestern against each other in a quarterfinal um, that's a great matchup uh, Sheehan Holy Cross could be a great matchup or Sheehan Stonington mm-hmm. uh, whichever one comes through there uh, and then Cromwell and Colby um, that that would be a semifinal but I, I really think that could be a good matchup, um, or if Bethel comes through too, because Bethel is a really strong team, and, and Bethel could knock off Colby as they did uh, in the SWC tournament. Um, and I'd love to see Canton Trinity in that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I think those are the two best teams. You know, there's a few other teams. St. Paul's really good. Um, St. Paul Trinity would be the semi on that side of the bracket. Uh, that would be a game. I think it would be a great matchup, and then it, it, whoever advances, either St. Paul or Trinity, going up against Canton uh, in the championship would be uh, would be the best matchup. But there's a long way to go before we talk about championship matchups. Yeah, no, but. a lot, uh, a lot of uh, intrigue that uh, would, would go along the way there. Let me, uh, I'll give you maybe one more question here. And like I said, I'm not going to uh, make you do predictions, but uh, you've given us obviously a lot of. Uh, as you're sort of discussing these teams, a lot of really good players from uh, a lot of the top teams. Any kind of maybe under-the-radar players or, or, or outstanding players from teams that maybe you're not expecting as much from that fans should still maybe try to get out and see, uh, you know, as uh, sort of you got this big all-encompassing uh, swath of, uh, of high school basketball. So maybe some players that whose maybe teams you're not expecting quite as much from that, but that uh, fans may still want to check out at least in the early rounds. Yeah, yeah. Uh 
there's a there's a ton of good girls this year. Uh, you know, you know, uh, Mia Judius at uh, Cheshire uh, is is a really strong player. Um, Sarah Wolgamuth from Hand has had a great season. Um, uh, let me see here. Oh, Liv Robles from Sheehan uh, is a really good player uh, to check out. She's you know scored a thousandth point this year. I think one girl that has kind of flown under the radar just because of where she plays is uh, Miranda Nyborg. At Bethel, she's a junior, um, so she hasn't committed to college yet, but she's a 6'2 center, really had a strong sophomore year, uh, was named All-SWC then, and, and I think is a potential All-State player this year, has kind of carried them uh, through the tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Tanijah London from Hill House, uh, who just is committed to go to Iona, or signed to go to Iona. Uh, she's a, a guard, ball handler, a really strong player uh, for Hill House, who's kind of flown under the radar a little bit, and then... You know the, the you know the, the other girls that we've talked about. You know, Iana Lopes and uh, Tania Thompson uh, at Hanbin, who's who's going to play at the University of Rhode Island. And, uh, yeah, there's good team. There's good girls all over the place. Um, if if she comes back uh, at Westbrook, um, Savannah Marshall has been injured a little bit. I hope she's back for the state tournament. She qualified as a senior. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote a story about her earlier this year. Great kid and really fantastic player. Yeah. Um, and might just get one state game. So I, I hope she tries to come back and, and play in that game. And uh, She's a really special player to watch, so if, if they ever have a chance to go see, um, see Westbrook play their first game, um, she's worth the trip. All right. Lots of, uh, lots of good stuff, Scott. You do a wonderful job uh, keeping tabs on everything. I know we were uh, talking before we were recording. This is the first year you've been sort of all high school girls basketball instead of uh, yeah. we're doing more, <laughs> uh, more team uh, school-specific coverage. So you've really uh, been able to dive in, and, uh, and folks will be able to check out all that great work on, uh, on Game Time CT and the Stanford Advocate and, uh, and your podcast, the Give and Go podcast. So uh, we, we really appreciate it, Scott. Great job, uh, great information, and uh, enjoy the next few weeks. We'll see you uh, courtside at Mohegan Sun in, uh, in a, little over, uh, a little less than a month here. I can't wait to be courtside at Mohegan Sun. I love that weekend. It's awesome. Always a pleasure to have Scott on. He's got great information. He's got great uh, analysis and, and breakdowns on everything. And as I said, he, he's got uh, he's got more platforms than we do to uh, to promote and cover all this stuff. So check out all his work at Game Time CT. His podcast is great. Uh, had a lot of podcasts, a lot of interviews with coaches uh, throughout the year and other folks uh, keeping you prized. So uh, get get do a deep dive this weekend to get ready for the girls basketball tournaments because Scott and uh, and the good folks there at Game Time are going to have you ready to go. So thanks to Scott. Thanks to Jerry DeSimus Jr. as well. And uh, thank you all for listening. We hope you will uh, will come back, as I mentioned at the start. If you listen to us on iTunes, you can subscribe, rate, leave us a review there. You can also find us in Google Play and on Stitcher. Please uh, subscribe to the podcast. We'd love to, uh, to know that uh, every time we're producing a new one of these bad boys, it's going to go right into your feed, and you'll be able to check it out then. We will, as I said, I'll try to stick to a little bit more regular uh, posting schedule here as we uh, we go through the winter championships and uh, it should be a fun few weeks uh, as I said we're off and running with some of these championships already should be an interesting few weeks I should mention as well that the uh, divisional gymnastics championships are, are taking place uh, this weekend uh, as well as well as the Connecticut high school dance championships and you can find both the state open and the high school dance championships live on the NFHS network which will also be your home for all nine boys and girls basketball championships uh, uh, all three boys ice hockey championships and all, let's see, two, four, six boys ice hockey semifinal uh, 
games. So a great uh, a great investment there. It's uh, I believe it's just ten dollars for a monthly uh, subscription to the NFHS Network, and you are going to get a lot of live CIAC tournament action there. Uh, the boys swimming open as well uh, will be live on the CIAC uh, on the NFHS Network. So go to nfhsnetwork.com/ciac uh, to be able to see all the games that are broadcasting uh, along the way. It's going to be a great month of championship action on the NFHS Network. Once again, thank you so much for uh, being with us. Thanks to our guests. We hope you will uh, stick with us. TournamentCentral.ciacsports.com. That is going to be your go-to spot for CIAC tournament information. Hope you'll keep tabs on everything and hope you'll be back with us again. I'm Joel Cookson. Loved having you with us today. Hope you'll be back for another edition of the CIAC Cast. <laughs>